Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yudalad in Maseches Ksubos. We start in the last line of Yud Gimel Amad Beis. Today, as always, we dedicate Le'ilo Nishmas Rav Chaim Zev Malinowitz Zatzal. And we are grateful also, you know, he was one of the chief editors of the Arts called Gemaras. So we found that useful um, throughout uh, Ashas in our preparation. Also to our online presence. Since Barry and Andrew are probably on holiday together, I knew already that they'll be, they both uh, let me know they'll be back tomorrow. So we, uh, we miss you guys there online. And also to the online presence, Moshe Aziz, wherever you are, and our faithful listeners in Toronto and Brussels and Dublin and Barcelona, uh, definitely drop us a line at dafsplaining at gmail.com for any questions or comments. Maybe we can arrange a class trip Especially, I uh, once had a really nice time at the Las Ramblas in Barcelona. We'd be happy to uh, to come and say hi. Maybe Dublin. I've not been to Dublin. Let's go on the last line. Give me a raise as follows. Um, may we be so good to continue learning all through to the end of Nida together and then back around Hadron Allah. Okay. Uh, oh, here's the case. Okay. The Vart. They're at the Vart. The Chos and Kala are there. They already had Arison. And uh, the Kala says to Rabbi Yosef, can I speak to you for a moment? He says, okay. And he armor me nay. And so the Kala tells Rabbi Yosef, by the way, I am with child. I'm pregnant. Oh. So then he asks the Chassan, and what's uh, going on? And the, and the Kala also says, I'm pregnant. And it's the Chassan. The Chassan's the father. Who Amar, as we arrive at Yudal Ramadalaf, the Chassan says, in Minai, yes, I am the father. So we are with child. What's the issue? Well, the issue is, who's the father? What's the problem? So uh, this is what we've been talking about already. The cases of, do we believe the Kala? So hold on a second. We've already had multiple cases here, but we had the Machlokas, Rabbi Gamliel, and Rabbi Yeshua, where Rabbi Gamliel says we believe the Kala is to the father. Um, the, you know, the simplest way to say it is, if she was with an unsavory, right, uh, one of these Nasin or Mamzer, uh, if she was with an unsavory man, then she is Pasola Kahuna. Okay, were circumstances to arise where, let's say, the chassan passes away and now she is going to be back on the shidduch market, she would be puzzled to a kohen. Okay, that's the issue. So the issue is here. This is a situation where you have a father. She's impregnated and the father is of uncertain lineage. Uh, presumably once they've had nisuin, so then everybody's assuming, right, that the husband's the father. We don't take every single child that's ever born, right? It is true of every child that's ever born that we always only know the mother's identity for 1,000% sure, so to speak, right? Uh, perhaps that is why in Judaism the lineage is always after the mother, right? Uh, right? Some, some uh, religions have paternal Right, lineage, and here when I say lineage, I mean uh, whether you know who is a Jew, it goes after the mother, as you know. And we've already discussed that um, in Yavamos, and, and um, okay. But the point is like, that if they are not yet Nisuin, if they only have had Arisin, so then maybe there's no reason to assume that the Chassan is necessarily the father, and now this is considered a child of unknown lineage, and, and aside from the child, the mother herself, right, her interaction with whoever she cohabited with may put her in a state of suffolk whether she's puzzled. 
because it could be that whoever she's with is some unsavory uh, uh, sort that would make her apostle. And here uh, we have a suffix. Now the question is, as the Gemara continues to say, I'm Rabbi Yosef, what kind of suffix are we talking about? I mean, both the husband and, right, both, the, both of the chasen and the kala over here are moda that he was the, that, that he was the father, right? So Yosef says it in an interesting way. He says, there's no reason to believe that anybody other than the chasen would be the father. Chada, says the Gemara, the hakamaduk. First of all, both he is moda. The chasen here is moda. The ode, he says, and we heard in the name of Yehuda Rav Shmuel that the halachas Rav Gamliel, and you might recall that it is Rav Gamliel, unlike Rav Yeshua, Rav Gamliel holds that we believe the woman in a state of suffix because she has, uh, just to review, a tainas bari, right? Because she knows, right? She 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 certainly knows whether there was uh, who the father is. She's just not telling you. She typically would know who the father is because she has a tainas bari. Then Rabbi Gamliel believes her. Okay. So Rabbi Yosef said it in a two part, right? He had two reasons. He was like, well, what would, why would anybody think anyone else, else is the father? We have two very legitimate reasons to believe her because the chasm is corroborating her and we paskin like Rabbi Gamliel. But Abaye is not buying it. Gamliel. says, wait a minute. You're saying that he's, that the chasan agreeing and the fact that we pass Gamliel are two very good reasons in order to believe this kala. But that's not necessarily true because it's possible that Rabbi Gamliel would, even though we pass like him, would not agree that we believe her in this case. Why? Because says Abaye, Amar Lei Shmuel Rav Yehuda Shinina. This is already something that we've seen that Shmuel called Rabbi Yehuda a smart one, sharp one. Halacha Rabbi Gamliel. Yeah, that's true. The halacha is like Rabbi Gamliel. The atlo tavid uvda adeika rov kasher and etzla. Yeah, but the halacha is only like Rabbi Gamliel in the case where most men would be kasher. What's the issue here? Like this, you know. And this is again, it's an episode of Jerry Springer. Yeah, the woman has a tinus bari. That's true, and she typically would know who the father is. That's true too. However. If you're talking about a situation where, you know, it's Jerry Springer and every single day you have an episode where these women, I don't know if you ever saw Jerry Springer, Dave, but they would, the, 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 um, the woman, it's always like a paternity test, right? And, and then we had, you know, and it does bring to question what would happen in today's day and age with genetic testing. But, you know, they would do a genetic test and the woman who has the child always gets it wrong. Right, she always thinks that one dude's the father, and it's really always the other dude that's the father. Right, that's the way. For years and years, it was more. It was people every day where it would be like this one skinny dude and the two, like five hundred pound women that are fighting over him that are related to each other, and they're like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like, "But I love her, Jerry." Remember that? Anyway, that defined the '90s for for many of us. Anyways, what what am I saying? The point is, she doesn't even necessarily know. You're talking about like low-life degenerates here, pretty much. Not the, not the highest class. And therefore, Rove Postlin, like, it's very possible that the, somebody else was the father and she doesn't even remember. That's one way of saying it. In other words, when Rove Kasherin Etzla, if everyone is Kasherin Etzla, she's probably uh, not Puzzle. She has a Tainus Bari, but even the Tainus Bari, if everyone is Puzzle Etzla, then you go 
Basar Rov. Then you can assume that if they're Pesula Netzla, then in fact somebody else is the father, and whoever the father is, he's Pasul. I'll say it like that. Now, what's the case here? Well, interestingly enough, right, Abai is pointing out, the Hacha says Abai back in the Gemara, Rov Pesula Netzla. That's an understatement. Because as Rashi points out, it's not Rov, it's everyone except for the Aras. Don't forget. Arusa Hakol Pesula Netzla. Chutzmina Aras, right? She's an Arusa, right? We're at the Vart over here after the Arusin. And so, huh, everyone other than this Aras is good. She's, a, she's essentially an Aishas Ish, right? Because, of course, we don't do this like, like this today. We have the Arusin and the Nisun together. But there, then the Kiddushin and the Harayat Mikudeshas Lee, that's the Arusin, right? So they've already had Harayat Mikudeshas Lee. She's an Aishas Ish. Everyone's also to her, except for this Chasun. So because everyone's also to her, so Rabbi Gamliel, in that case, would not necessarily agree, right, that she has a cheska of being kosher because the overwhelming majority is that she actually was with someone who was possible to her. And therefore, the only reason we would believe her here would be because the chassan corroborates it. He says, yes, I am the father. But, but short of that, we would not believe it. So when Rabbi Yosef says, oh, we have a preponderance of evidence. What are you talking about? Of course we believe him. It's not so of course because we would not paskin like Rabbi Gamliel necessarily that we believe her in this case. It's only because the chassan is agreeing that we do believe him fine. So that's what Rabbi contends. And therefore to this, Rabbi Yosef is going to counter as follows. Says Rabbi Yosef, Yeah, but according to your reasoning, what Shmuel himself says is self-contradictory as follows. Because what is Shmuel's statement? Let's look at it a little more closely. It says, Halacha ve'atlo taveduvda, right? Because first he says that the halacha is like Rebbe Gamliel, right? Halacha Rebbe Gamliel. He says, ve'atlo taveduvda at the ikar rope sharon etzla. But we don't paskin like him. Isn't that a weird way of talking? What does it mean, halacha ve'atlo taveduvda? That the halacha is like him, but we don't, but you shouldn't do it. Aren't those two contradictory states, uh, statements? Halacha means that that's what you should do. So says, Yosef like this. No. So the fact that he says it in that way teaches you that we're talking about something else here as follows. How are you going to understand this? That's what it means. That in a case where we have a situation of unknown, right? This woman had an unknown relationship. So we would not, that's what it means when we say, V'atlo tavid uvda. That's when we tell the Kohen, you know what? Maybe you should stay away from this situation. We don't want you to get involved. It's a state of Suffolk. Our uh, recommendation is do not uh, marry her. Okay. However, Bidi Evid, if he did marry her, we're not going to force the divorce. That's, the, that's what uh, Bidi Evid and Lechadchila means. And as, and as Rabbi Yosef points out, Vaha, Nami, Kedi Evid, Dami, right? This case where we're already at the post Arison Vart over here. So that's certainly Bidyevid, right? That, that's an irreversible situation. Of course, you could get a Gershon, but uh, that far we're not going to go. Once you're already married to this woman of Suffolk, you know, with a, with a uh, checkered past, we're not going to go ahead and dissolve that marriage for you. We're going to say that you could keep it. That's the, the, the halacha Bidyevid, and means that the halacha Bidyevid, we are going to allow you to follow like Rabbi Gamaliel, that we do believe her, fine. Good. So now that was within Rabbi Gamliel who believes her. What about Rabbi Yeshua who does not believe her? So next uh, section here. Rame le'abaye le'rabba. Right, we change Rava here to Rabba. 
by S. Rabbah as follows. Does sure really say that a woman is not believed in a case of Suffolk? Very minhu. But contrast that Mishnah with the Mishnah in Adios that says the following. Hey, Rabbi Shuvah, Rabbi Huda ben Pesera. Okay, so Rabbi Shuvah was the one that was made this. Al Almanas Isa Shehi Kesher Lekahuna. Wow. Almanas Isa. Almanas Isa is a famous case. She has uncertain status. She's a widow of an uncertain man. Now, this is a woman who married somebody who's in a state of Suffolk. We'll describe what his state of Suffolk is. Isa technically means dough or, right, the kneaded flour and water, which is, means she's in a, embroiled in a complicated situation. A chont, as we might call it today, or in those days, a dough. It's something that is complicated and we're not sure what his situation is. Let's see what was the case. Almanus Isa. So Rashi takes us through it. Almanus Isa says Rashi. What happened was like this. That she, let's say, married, a woman marries a son uh, who was a product of a union that was an unusual union. What was the union? As follows. A man marries a woman. And then he is in a bad way. Let's say he gets very sick or whatever, and he decides he doesn't want her to be an almana, he wants her to be a grusha, so in a, he throws a get in her direction as a, as a last gasp effort in order to divorce her. As we know in Masechah's Gittin, which we haven't learned yet, but we've already alluded to this, this is a state of true Suffolk. You know, we've already discussed in Yevamos all the cases of Suffolk, uh, almana, Suffolk, grusha. Well, a, tra- a state of true Suffolk would be when the get landed, Right, and it was a suffolk who had landed close to. If it landed close, closer to the woman, then she's megurashet. Landed closer to the man, and he didn't do throw properly, then she is not megurashet. Well, this one landed in a state in a uh, position where the it's hard to tell who the get landed closer to, and then boom, he dies right away. All right, well. Now he's dead, and we uh, and we can't. We don't have the videotape, and we can't measure who the get landed closer to. And so now we don't know: is this woman a Garusha or is this woman an Almana? Well, either way, she gets married, but she didn't really do a, uh, the the idea. The ideal thing would be she could certainly re- get remarried either way. But the one thing that she probably shouldn't do is marry a Cohen because she's a Suffolk Grusha. But sure enough, that is what she did. She married a Cohen. And now she has a son. Now, a Grusha who marries a Kohen, that child is called a Halal, right? And a Halal is one of the people that makes the woman puzzle. But this woman is a Suffolk Grusha who married a Kohen. So her child is a Suffolk Halal. Okay, so that child is a Suffolk Halal. Now that Suffolk Halal marries a woman and he dies. Okay, so the woman now married a Suffolk Halal and had he been a true halal, she would not be allowed to marry a coin. But this one was a Suffolk halal. So that puts her in Almana Leisa, a woman who is an Almanas Isa. Almana, she's a woman who has been married to a guy who is um, of unknown lineage and therefore it is a complicated case. So Amalei, so Rabbah says to Abaye, oh, so, so the mission Adius is simply saying that woman we're going to allow, allow Mary a kahuna. So that's interesting because Rabbi Yeshua is the one that said that we're letting her get married. She's in a state of Suffolk. Now, in our case, in our Mishnayas, right, well, let's say it's a woman 
and she's either midaberes or meuberes, as we discussed yesterday. She's she she's pregnant, whatever, and we don't know whether she's puzzle or not. So Yeshua, she says, "I'm not puzzle," and Yeshua does not believe her, and he says she is puzzle. Well, that's amazing because there she, and in addition to the fact that it was a suffix whether she was puzzle or not, she actually had a tainus bari, right? And despite the tainus bari, Rabbi Yeshua says we don't believe her and we treat her like she's puzzle. We're going to go lechumra, whereas in Adius, where She's a state of suffolk and she doesn't claim to know, right? She's in a state of suffolk and she doesn't even have any time at all. There, she says she's mutter. So isn't that an internal contradiction within Rabbi Yeshua, where he allows her to marry a Kohen in Adios and does not allow her to get married to a Kohen in our Mishnah? So Amalei, Rabbi says it's not the same. Apples and oranges. Is that a really good comparison? Yeah. In the case of Adios, she looked into it Right, and when the Shatchan recommended this Suffolk Halal, they said, no, he's a good guy. A lot of people say that the get landed, but it's really, he wasn't really a Suffolk. Everybody knows that the get landed closer to the man. He was old, he was feeble, the get landed at his feet. We just out of like uh, abundance of caution, we called him a Suffolk Halal, but he was really not a Suffolk Halal. You know how the Shatchanim sell the guy, or usually they sell the girl, but in this case they sell the guy. So, they got him married off to the woman, fine. And there she checked. So it wasn't a real, real suffix. And not to mention, it went through a shadchan, through proper channels. Everybody was on the up and up. But hacha, but in our Mishnah, when she's medaberas or meuberas, isha mezana, bodegas mezana, how much checking into did they do, right? This is just a, a girl who was, you know, sleeping around. So what, you're going to believe her? In other words, in the state where you checked it, in a state where you went through a shatcha and then you checked and everything is baduk, right? Everything is checked and that's why we are going to say that's a wholesome situation. We're going to let her marry a coin. But in a case where it's a Jerry Springer situation where we don't really know where this woman has been, so that's the case where we neither believe her nor do we trust that she was with uh, a proper, with that, that, that she had a proper relationship and therefore we're going to say stay away from the coin. That's what... Rabbi answered with regards to this contradiction with Rabbi Yeshua. Oh. Now, Rabbi wants to dig a little deeper. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, Kasha. He says Rabbi Yeshua has another internal contradiction. Well, Rabbi Yeshua has his internal contradiction. Are you going to say that Rabbi Gamliel does not? Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel, low Kasha? Because after all, we have the flip side within contradiction with Rabbi Gamliel as follows. Valkatani Seifa, the end of that Mishnah in Adios says, Amalei Rabbi Gamliel, Kibalmi Duschem, that we accept your Adios that you trust, that we trust your testimony of Amanaseh. But even though we believe you, right, Rabbi Gamliel himself said, that we believe the woman and we say that she's kosher. But even though we believe you, halachically, we can't follow through and allow you to marry a coin. Why? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai said that we're not going to allow the courts to legitimize this kind of state of suffix. Why? Right? Because when it comes to Kohanim, they listen to the courts only when it comes to be machmir, but not to be mekil. In other words, Kohanim are always going to be machmir. So the shita of Gamliel is all nice and good that he believes her, but it doesn't help anybody. Because when it comes to Kohanim, and there, whenever there's a state of suffix, we're always machmir. So that's really kind of an internal contradiction within Rabbi Gamliel. Because it's like, 
he's like saying, it's like, it's not that we don't believe you, it's just that we don't believe you, that kind of thing. You've ever had, it's not that we don't believe you, but we're just not letting you marry a coin. So then what, what, you're just being nice to me by saying that you believe me? Uh, it, yeah, because in other words, it's internally contradictory from a logic perspective. And with Leo, it's like the fact that he believes her is inconsequential because after all, halachically, at the end of the day, he's not, he's always going to be Machmer B'Kohanim anyways. And therefore, that ruling, in essence, doesn't really make any sense. Rabbi Gamliel's believing her doesn't help anybody. So what are you going to say with that? So we're going to say it like this. And also, right, fine. So that, by the way, was the Hemshech and Adias. So what comes out is uh, the following contradiction between our Mishnah and Adias. Whereas in Adias, he does not halachically, ultimately allow her to get married a coin, but the contradiction is that was all within Adias with the case that we talked about with the Almanas Isa. But amazingly, in our Mishnah, the fact that he believed her with the Medaberis and Meuberis, he believes her and he allows her to marry the Kohen. So that's incredible, right? In our case where she was like essentially Mizane, where he allows her to marry the Kohen. In the case of Adius, where she's on Almanas Isa, he says, no, we don't let, we're Machmah by Kohanim. So that certainly is an internal contradiction within Rav Gamliel between Adius and our Mishnah. So El Amarava, how do you reconcile that? So he says, Oh, the Rabban Gamliel, the Rabban Gamliel, low kasha. That's not really a kasha because Hasam Bari Hachashema. Because don't forget, what was the reason the Rabban Gamliel believes her in our Mishnah of Medaberis and Meraberis? Because she knows who the father is. Because she was there. That's the Tainus Bari. What's the case of Adius? Case of Adius is she doesn't really know. She's a she married a Suffolk Khalil. He's a true Suffolk, and so she nobody knows for sure. And therefore, she has no tainus bari. Oh. And the Rabbi Yeshua, the Rabbi Yeshua, Nami Lokasha. So therefore, that's what accounts for the difference in Rabbi Gamliel. That in our Mishnah, she has a tainus bari, and therefore, she's really believed even La Lacha, and we allow her to marry a Kohen. Whereas, there is a total suffix in the Mishnah at Adios, and therefore, we don't allow her to marry a Kohen. And Rabbi Yeshua is also not contradictory, because Hasam, this is why Rav is a genius, he always has great svaras. Because Hasam, Chat Sveika, Sveiki. Now this, is Lambda's Dave. Uh, and Rashi takes us through. I'll say it outside. Hasam, right, in the case uh, of our Mishnah here, this is also in itself uh, funny because Hasam is really supposed to be Hacha, but it doesn't matter. The Hasam here is referring to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, there's only one Suffolk. What's the Suffolk? Well, did, did, did she cohabit with, a, is the father of this child a puzzle or a kasher? One suffix, that's all there is. And in a case of one suffix, Rabbi Yeshua is going to be machmir, right? Because one suffix is strong. It's like a 50-50, let's go to the Chumrah. However, hocha trace feiki. Now, Rashi uh, quotes two shitas as to what trace feiki is. Um, Rabbi Malinowitz hooks us up with a beautiful way of explaining it in the art scroll where the first part of Rashi is explaining, typically trace feiki means follows, that there's a suffix, and then, within one side of the suffix, there's even a suffix about whether that suffix is, is usr. That's called svek sveka, right? Trace feki. That's classic. That's not the most classic case over here, because the way we initially described what the halal was, there really was only all one suffix. And the only suffix situation here is, was there a, did the get land closer to the, to the husband or to the wife, 
when he threw it and then died. And that's really the only thing that was in question here. And it has a secondary effect. Secondary effect is usually not what we call Sfax Feka. The secondary effect being, then the Chalal was born, then the Chalal got married, then the Chalal died. So, okay, it's secondary ripple effect down the road, but it still stems from that only one original suffix, right? But that we're still allowing, according to the first Shita and Rashi, to be called Sfax Feka, even though it's not a typical Sfax Feka. Maybe that's why it's called Trace Feka instead of Sfax Feka. Be that as it may, there is the Shita of Rabbi Yosef Tuf Elam that Rashi quotes, where there is an additional suffix that's in here, where after you had this suffix, uh, situation of suffix chalal, the woman married another person, he brings it back to Yavamos within three months, and then you have a, another child, right? And then now it's a question of whose father was the child, the suffix chalal or the kosher? Oh, so now we have a sfex feka. That's a real sfex feka, because we don't know who the father is, and if the father was the suffix halal, then we have a second suffix as to whether that halal was a halal or not, right, where they get landed. Be that as it may, that creates a situation of no suffix in essence, because it's sfex feka, we're going to go with the following. There are many ways to explain why a sfex feka would not be considered a doubt at all. Uh, one of the classic interpretations is that there's no, what's called no leidas hasafik, right? If something is so in doubt to have, to be diluted, right, by very multiple levels of doubt, that's considered like no leidas hasafik. At a certain point, right, you're not going to doubt it anymore. It would be like doubting, you know, two, two people are married and they have a child. So you're going to doubt that. That's like a dilution of the doubt because at certain points you have to assume that there is no latest hasafik, right? So that's almost like here with the Sfex Seka, we treat it as if there's no latest hasafik. And so now I'm going to explain Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua, and we're going to put a bow on them. We're going to explain them outside, and in fact, we'll read it inside the Gemara because the Gemara does itself corroborate it as well, which is as follows. Rabbi Yeshua, they're going to now put a lumdus bow on it, Dave. Rabbi Yeshua is focused on whether there's a Leda Sasafik, right? If there's no Leda Sasafik, he's going to say that it's kosher. He doesn't care about Tainas Bari and Tainas Shema, because don't forget, whatever Taina the woman has is not really evidence. She may be sure, but her certainty is not evidence, and therefore he disregards, right, the Taina basically altogether. He just looks at the evidence of how much suffix there is. So if there's a sfex feka, there's going to be no latest a suffix. And even if she has a tiny shema, he's going to believe her. It all has to do with whether it's a, 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 there's a latest a suffix from the suffix. But anytime there's a single suffix, it's, that's such a uh, concern that even if she had a tinus bari, he's not looking at that as evidence. It's just not strong enough for him. And therefore, he's going to ask her even in a case of a tinus bari, as long, and, and the only thing that matters is how strong is the suffix. Whereas Ramagamliel is the exact opposite. He believes her, in other words, and there's a way of explaining it as follows. We're calling this a suffix. Well, guess what? Maybe it's a different type of no latest a suffix, right? Because after all, it's not really a suffix to her. She knows the answer, right? And so Ramagamliel is saying she knows the answer. She's telling us. She has a tinus bari. So if she knows the answer, there is no latest suffix. I don't care if it's sfex fake or, or a real suffix. She knows the answer, and therefore he emphasizes her taina. And if she has a tainus bari, he doesn't care if it's a suffix, a sfex fake or even a real suffix, he's going to believe her. Whereas Rabbi Gamliel, where, whereas Rabbi Shur, rather, does not 
believe her taina at all. He's just going to base it on what's the suffix. Now we read that inside. Hilchach says the Gemara, putting a bow on it now. According to Gamliel, there is no suffix because she has a tiny bari and she really knows what happened. And therefore, even if you had only one suffix, she's, he's still going to be machsher to marry a coin. Yeah. But again, the taina is all that matters according to Rabbi Gamliel, or at least it's the most important thing. And therefore, if she has a taina shema and she doesn't really know, like is the case in Adios, so then even in the Svexveka, he's going to puzzle. And so he's not contradictory, he's just going based on the taina. And therefore, in our case in, right, in the case of, right, Ksubis, of the Uberis, he's going to believe her, whereas, in, and he's going to allow her to marry a Kohen. And in the case of the Almanas Isa, he's not going to believe, he's not going to believe her, even though it's only a Svexveka, she doesn't know, and therefore he's going to ask her. Whether, whereas with the Rabbi Yeshua, when he has only one suffix, as is the case in our Mishnayis, in Ksubis, then even if she has a tinus bari, as she does, he's going to posel it because the suffix is too strong. And as is the case in Adias of the Almanus Isa, it's such a weak suffix that even if, right, she doesn't really know, which she doesn't, the tinus shema, he's going to be machsher. And therefore the fact that the shitas are switched, where Rabbi Gamliel is machshir by us, and machmir and adios, and Rabbi Yeshua is, is machmir by us, and mekel and adios, now we know why. Now you know the rest of the story, the, right, the lumdish underpinnings of those respective opinions. So now three lines up from the bottom, and you're down Aleph. I'm going to talk about the mission and adios a little bit more at length. Thunderbottom, Ezo Yalmanus Isa. What would be the case of What's going on here? That the only time we're going to allow her to be a suffix, right? Almanus um, Isa, where Rabbi Yeshua, for example, is going to allow her to marry a Kohen, that's only if she, the suffix is with the Chalal, with, with her husband, the state of suffix of him is that he's a Chalal. But if he has any other suffix, like he was an Eved, or Mamzer, or Nasin, then we're not going to allow it, according to Tanakama. We're not going to take that suffix. Your Yeshua is not going to allow that status to, to marry. Amari Meir, as we turn to your Dalaran base, Shemati kol ba echad mikol elu. I heard that anyone who doesn't have any of these disqualifications, Masin Lekahuna, that we do allow to marry Kahuna. Sounds like he's saying the same thing, says Rashi. And then, Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar, Amari Shimon ben Meir, Right, and and so would Rav Shimon Menasya say? Also, he would also say like this. Again, Rashi is going to explain all this, and then the the uh, we continue to say, right in the Brisa, Ezo Yalmanus Isa. What's it? Yalmanus Isa. Kol Shenitma Basfeik Chalal. Right, that the suffix was one of Chalal. Makir Yisom Amzer Shemay Nehem Vein Makir and Chalal Shemay And then the Brisa ends off with saying that we recognize Mamzerim among them. But we don't recognize halalim among them. If you think all of this contradicts and sounds very convoluted, it's, it's, then you are paying attention. Because the Gemara now is going to ask three questions on this very convoluted brysa. The Mishnahis were a little bit uh, more clearly edited than the brysa sometimes. You can read a brysa. It sounds like, sometimes it sounds like stream of consciousness and you don't know what's going on. So we're going to try to sort it out. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of the daf doing until the mission on the bottom, kind of figuring out. And this we did 
I do admit, I had to lean a lot on Rav Malinowitz at Sal and the art scroll because, after all, it's so convoluted here that it's hard to say what they're saying. But I'll say, basically, by way of introduction, outside first, basically we're trying to figure out which is the uh, more reliable suffix. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of the time now discussing. Which is the more reliable suffix? That of a mamzer or a nasin or a chalal? After all, a chalal doesn't always know that he's a chalal. Mamzer was a big deal. People knew that he was a mamzer. A lot of hak. And that's basically what we're going to iron out before we hopefully make it to the Mishnah where we'll end on the bottom of Yudalad and Vez as follows. So Amar Ma. First thing. Ezer Yalmanus Isa. So we said, what's Yalmanus Isa? Kol she'ein ba'lomishim mamzer, slomishim mesir, slomishim avdim lachim. So it sounds like if the unsavory person possible person she was with was a Nasin or a Mamzer or, or an Eved. Why we say Eved Melachim is as an aside. It could be one of those fancy Avadim that Shlomo Melech had. In other words, typical Eved wouldn't even enter into the conversation because nobody would marry them. But here, that was a desirable Eved that actually made it onto the Shidduch uh, list of Karen Traub. But be that as it may, Mar said, when we are saying that those three types, it's never going to happen. Hachal Kasher. Sounds like a halal would be kosher. So he says, Mashna. Why would that be the case? So we say, well, Hanach Daraisa. Those other men, and I've seen the moms there, are Daraisa. We say, what are you talking about? Halal Nami Daraisa. Where do you think we learn about a halal from? It's in the Torah. So why then would be a difference? Why are we believing? Uh, why are we allowing her to remarry after she was with a halal, as opposed to moms are Nusin and Eved? Okay, so that's question number one. Why would that be a halal in the first place? Question number two, the Sue. I'm a Rebbe Mayor. Shamati Echad Mikol Lakuna. I heard that if you don't have any of these disqualifications, you allow her to marry a coin. Tanakama. But wait a minute. This quote that we just made from Rebbe Mayor in the Mishnah, well, isn't that just a repetition of what the Tanakama said? That was question number two. The, uh, the weirdness in the Brisa. Okay, now question number three. Basically, all we're doing is requoting the Brisa, Dave, and Pointing out what's weird about it. Okay, what's this next quote? And Rishimon said, like, like her, that Almanas Isa is where she was mixed up with a halal, a Safik halal, and Makir and Israel, Mamzerim, Shabbat And then he says that we recognize the Mamzerim, but we don't recognize the halalim. Wait a minute. We don't recognize the halalim, but the whole point I thought of this price was. That the halal is kosher. So what do you mean, ein makir in halalin? So what is this Bryce saying? We can't make heads or tails of it. Oh, so now the Gemara is going to sort it out for us. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. The great God of Israel is going to sort it this out. Yeah. The difference would be like this. Let's say a mamzer protests. He's called out for being a mamzer and he says, I'm not. Whereas the halal is quiet when he's considered a halal. What's going on here? So there, there's a machlokas. The Tanakama, the position of the Tanakama is that every time somebody's called out for being, uh, having a psal of any sort, and then that person is silent, that's called a tacit agreement. It, silence means agreeing. Okay? And this, therefore, so the Tanakama is saying the following. What's an Almanus Isa? In other words, she's permitted to marry a coin only if when called uh, out for being one of these psulim, he was not silent. He actually spoke out against it. Because after all, if you believe that you're kosher, 
you will speak out against this. Ah, into that, Rameir said to the Tanakama, It's only those who are possible to call, in other words, those Nasin and Mamzer, that are going to be possible to call. However, but if a Chalal remains silent, unlike the Tanakama, a silence of a Chalal is not a tacit agreement. Okay? Why? Because yeah. the reason why a Chalal, because whereas everyone else, if they're silent, then that means that they're guilty, so to speak. When it comes to a halal, he's going to be silent because even if he is a halal, he has no motivation to defend himself and he's just going to sit there and be quiet because a halal is still, after all, allowed to get married to anyone, really. It's true that the children be halalim, but it's not a pasul, right? It's not an iser to marry a halal. Oh. And therefore, he has no motivation to start getting rambunctious in court. And that's what Rosh Hashanah said to, right, to, uh, to Tanakama, who quoted Rabbi Meir. And that's why we have the repetition of the Brisa in the beginning. If you heard the Mayor says that in the case of silence, it's kosher, he said that that's not the case. It's not when her, that he's called a chalal and is silent. He flips it. So that's a machlokas even there. Right, so we said everybody sounded like the same, and in the end, we didn't know what they, what they were talking about altogether. So no, it's not really the same. The question, there's an argument, a, a machlokas at the beginning of the brisa as to whether silence means tacit agreement. Because so we say here that el dekarle mamzer mamzer kala Because you could look at it the other way that when he's called a mamzer and is silent, the reasoning might be like this. He might think everybody knows that I'm really not a mamzer, and that's why he's silent. In other words, it all is uh, speculation as to what his motivation would be. The halal, according to Tanakama, might just be silent because there's no nafkamina, so he doesn't want to get involved. Whereas the mamzer, maybe he's silent because he knows everybody. Know, he knows that uh, there's. It's all depend. He knows that everybody knows the hawk anyway. The whole town was a bunch of yentas, and they all know whether he's a mamzer or not a mamzer, and that's why he was silent, but not because he agrees. He thinks everybody knows that he's not a mamzer. Aval mamzer v'tzoveach. And that's why the Bryson mentions the mamzer v'tzoveach. If he protests, then halal v'shoseik pasul. Yeah. If he's accused of being a mamzer and then he protests, and then he's accused of being a chal and then he's silent, then he's disqualified. Why? Because we say the reason he's silent is because, right, he, th- he thinks that the fact that they're excluding him, mikal, right, that is the reason why that they're accusing him, and yet he does not protest. So that's was Tani Chada. So now we have a contradiction. In one Bryce we said, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shtuk Mamzer Kasher, Shtuk Chalapasel. In one Bryce we said that when a Mamzer is silent, that is Kasher for the reason we may have said. And when a Chalal is silent, then it's like a tacit agreement and he's puzzled. But Tanya Idach, and in a different Bryce we said, Shtuk Chalal Kasher, Shtuk Mamzer Puzzle, the exact opposite. Then when a Chalal is silent, then he's Kasher, and when a Mamzer is silent, he's puzzled. So which is it? So we say lo kasha. Ha tanakama alibi the Rebbe Meir. Now the Rishon Rebbe alibi the Rebbe Meir. Right, and that is in fact that brisa. Those two brises are in fact a reflection of what was confusing in our brisa, and turned out to be actually the actual source of the machlokas. Right, which is to say, what does a tacit agreement mean? Does a tacit agreement mean uh, that in a case of a halal? that he agrees because he thinks that there's no nafkamina, and in the case of a chalal, it would be kosher. Well, 
It could be the opposite. And, and the Farshim are quick to point out, it would only be if he had already demonstrated that he would contend it in court if he had a reason to contend it. In other words, in the past, he's shown that he's not just a guy who's silent in court, right? Sometimes the attorney will tell the, so to speak, defendant to just not talk, right? Don't take the stand, don't talk, just stand there, stone-faced. That's your best shot, right? So that, in that case, we can't really read too much into his silence. But assuming that in the past he had stood up and defended himself, so we have this machlokas in our brysa, which one is a more tacit, right, um, concession to the claim? That of a chalal or that of a mamzer, machlokas within our brysa, which accounts for the two different accounts in the in two different accounts in the brysos that are contradictory. And that concludes that sugya, and it brings us to the Mishnah in the bottom of Yadalatam Abayz. We have a few minutes, so we can start reading uh, more issues, because Matt told me that he really likes it when we talk about the woman who cohabited with a un- unidentified man. So, Amar Rabbi Yossi, watch this. There was an incident Young girl, Rahman al-Islan, she goes to draw water from the spring, and there's an honest, she's violated. Terrible. So Amar Yochanan Minuri, Im Rovan Shayir Mesin Lekahuna, Arezu Tinasa Lekahuna. Right? If most of the people, depends on which town it happened to it, if most of the people in town are fit to have their daughters marry Kahuna, meaning Rov Kasherim so then we can assume that whoever violated her, albeit a horrible degenerate who deserves to be punished by the full extent of the law, but he probably was a, you know, a kosher guy in terms of halachic lineage. And therefore, we, can't, we don't assume that our son is puzzled, which is, implies that the, if, the con, if the opposite is true, if the converse is true, that most of the people in this particular town are psulim, so it's going to depend on the robe, is basically what this Mishnah says. So tomorrow, we are going to discuss the analysis of the Mishnah with Amar of Nachman, right, and to find out what is the source of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri in our Mishnah.